0: The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, February 10th, 2020.
1: The woman in your life who will do what she must do to comfort you and calm you down and let you rest now. The woman in your life, she can rest so easily. She does everything you do Because the
2: woman in your life is you Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holt, and I'm your host. And with me on the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and my co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. What a beautiful day here in Sonoma County. You know, it's really, when you you know, when you get up in the morning lately, because there's so much negativity going on in the world. When I get up in the morning, the first thing I say to myself, thank you for a new day. I hope I can survive it and serve in one way or another. And listen, it makes me feel a lot better. Well, I have a really exciting show today. I mean, I'm very excited. I have uh, several special guests in the studio. Joining me in the studio are Deborah McKay. She's the president of the Sonoma County Chapter, of the League of Women Voters. Joining her is the League's Outreach Coordinator, Dee Dee Bridges. This is the first time for Dee Dee's probe to be on a radio show, and I'm really excited about that. And we'll be talking about the League and what it stands for and its mission. And this year, the League of Women Voters is celebrating 100 years of service not yet also joining me in the studio is Anna Jacobi G- 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 Gapati, excuse me a member of the steering committee for 350 Sonoma and Maya Kosla oh my goodness I'm so excited a wildlife biologist Biologist and is currently the poet laureate of Sonoma County 2018 to 2020. What an honor to have her in the studio. And we'll be talking about the Sonoma County Activist Network, SoCoCan, and their upcoming summit. I want you to mark your calendars for March 15th. I mean, really, I mean, There is so much going on on the ground and we have so many opportunities to belong, to join, to speak out and to participate. I mean, it's just amazing. And I'll like to remind folks that the Sonoma County Gazette, the February issue is on the street. And you know there's been a lot of discussion because uh, uh, Vesta, the uh, publisher has sold it uh, to Sonoma Media and I have to say the paper looks just as good as it always has. So look for it on the street. That's the February issue as you know. I write for Santa Rosa, the Santa Rosa snippets and if folks know anything or have anything they'd like to let me know, please email me at Elaine at Women's spaces.com well again mark your calendars for March 15 2020 it, the summit's going to be called it's up to us and it's organized by the North Bay Organizing Project a shout out to Susan Shaw for once again pulling together something really wonderful well you know I have to say thank you, thank you, thank you to my dear friend Leslie Graves, who is the, uh, one of the coordinators for the uh, 2020 suffrage project that's going on here in Sonoma County. We went to a lecture yesterday uh, called Black Suffrage Lecture by Dr. Kim D. Hester Williams. And I want to thank, I want to thank publicly, thank Leslie for driving me and being such a good friend and doing all the things that she's doing for women in this community. It was really inspiring to hear Dr. Williams. I mean, it really was. I mean, to listen to uh, stories about our sisters of color and some of the struggles that they went through and some of the, the contributions that women of color not only made to the suffrage, but to the abolition movement and to so many things that we learn. In fact, Debbie, Debbie McKay was there with me, Debbie Kay from the... Uh, president of the League of Women Voters. Debbie, what what did you think of the seminar yesterday?
3: Well, it made sense to me that so many black women got involved in the suffragette movement because they had already been fighting to abolish slavery so they already had the tactics to fight for freedom and they just expanded that to include women's right to vote and i heard about many individuals i'd never heard of before and i encourage people to go to the exhibit that's at the museum right now and there's just a wealth of information available about these women
2: yeah, we have to do. We have to do a shout out too because it is Black History Month, and Faith Ross of Petaluma is the one who put together this wonderful display. I mean, I mean, I could not believe it when I was sitting there that I was able to see a, a picture of Dr. Martin Luther King here at, in you know Black History Month, and all of a sudden hear the word integrity. It gave me a moment of hope, and the one thing that I walked out of with that just shocked me. I didn't realize that Black women did not get the right to vote until 1965.
3: That was stunning to me. I mean, did you find that surprising? Well, a lot of people were disenfranchised from voting, even though technically they may have had the right to vote because there has been massive voter suppression, and it was particularly strong in the South. And unfortunately, we still have voter suppression going on in the United States where they are trying to take people off the rolls. They are closing down polling places. They are creating ID, new ID requirements. So it was really tough when the Voting Rights Act was um, really gutted by the Supreme Court. That's what came into being in 1965 and really expanded voting rights for people of color, and now it's under attack.
2: Well, you know, all of our freedoms are under attack right now, and I think the, the big question for our country is, who are we? And what, what do we stand for? I mean, one of the things that I have to do a shout-out for, and I have to express this to my to my listeners because I was very emotional about it. I listened to Mitt Romney's speech. He was the only person that voted, against, voted for the impeachment of the president. And when I listened to that speech, it gave me hope. And the reason it gave me hope, because I realized that there was one person that was able to stand up and Put out a philosophy that we all have to think about. You know what is integrity? What is commitment? You know, I was on the Human Rights Commission. Uh, I was appointed by, uh, I believe it was Board of Supervisors Mike McGuire. I was his uh, his exit uh, uh, appointment, and I'll I'll never forget as long as I live. I heard that there was gonna I was going to be sworn in, and so of course I invited my family. I was very very excited about it, but folks. I raised my right hand and I took the same oath that the President of the United States took. And I couldn't believe it. I mean, the feeling that came over me, the commitment that I felt, and that I was raising my hand to God. Whether you believe in God or you don't believe in God, there's still some sort of energy or some sort of power that keeps us all together. And when you raise your right hand, you're making the promise. You're saying that I promise in faith. And trust that you want to, you are to have faith and trust that my decisions are going to be honorable, and I am going to protect the United States Constitution. And when I heard Romney talk, and he brought God into it, he brought his own faith into it that he could not go against that commitment. And what he heard gave him enough information to take the vote that he took. And I know. I would, I would put money on this. I know because Mitt Romney is an elder in the Mormon religion. I know he sat and talked with his elders. I know the decision for him to stand up. And, you know, I've done a lot of reading on Christianity. And, you know, one of the things that always has blown me away is the crucifixion of Christ. And, you know, when you start thinking about it, when I start looking at listening to Mitt Romney, I start thinking, he's going to really have to pay the price for this just like Christ had to pay the price for preaching love and compassion. And, folks, if we can't have love and compassion and we can't have integrity and keep our commitments, we're lost. So there's a lot to think about here. And I'm not saying, you know, I understand the Senate made their vote. You know, we have to live with it. You know, that's another thing. We were listening, uh, Ken and I were listening to a program, and we were they were talking about we have systems going in, in a culture. Well, all of us have to adjust to the system, but as we listen to these interviews, you're going to hear women who are working within the system, trying to make the system better for all of us, and to put names on us like socialism, communism, you know, whatever. You know, people people ask me, "Well, what are you, Elaine? Are you a socialist? Or are you a are you a communist? Are you a progressive? Or are you a liberal?" And I say, "Wait a minute. I believe in health care for all. Yes." I'm totally against war. It's the most useless thing that that human beings ever invented. I believe in equality. I believe in good education for our children. I believe in good medical, good food. I believe in all these things. You're going to call put me in a box? Well, if you're going to put me in a box, the box I want to be put in is called, I am a humanist. I believe in the human condition. I believe we're all children of the earth. I believe we all deserve the basics of life. If you want to make a little bit more, that's okay with me. But everybody is entitled to the basics, which is food, water, and shelter, and health care. Anyway, I know that's a rant, but, you know, I like to rant. Anyway, since this is Black History Month, I want to honor two women. And remember, our history is our strength. Because our history tells us what has come before us. It tells us what to be aware of. And it also gives us hope and faith and confidence in the future. So I want to say happy birthday to Alice Walker, the writer, the first African-American woman to win the Pulitzer Prize for fiction for The Color Purple. And I'm sure everybody saw The Color Purple. And on February 10th, which is today, uh, happy birthday to... uh, Grace Hamilton, the first African-American in the Deep South state government, elected to the Georgia General Assembly from 1966 to 1984. And she is credited with the Andrew Young's victory in Georgia's congressional election in 1980. So happy birthday to all those wonderful women. And... One last thing I have to say to all my listeners and to the world, because, you know, we're on the air. We're going out all over the place. I want to say happy Valentine's Day. February 14th is Valentine's Day. It's the day we celebrate love. And my recommendation is on that day, do something loving. Go beyond flowers and candy. You know, donate something to a cause. Uh, Volunteer in a group. Join an organization. Do something that has to do with love and compassion on February 14th. So happy Valentine's Day. And if anybody has any thoughts or opinions or you want to wish me a happy Valentine's Day, go ahead and email me at E-L-A-I-N-E at womenspaces.com. Well, been a lot of negativity, like I said. I mean, I'm sure... You know, when we watched the impeachment and we heard all the people talking and we heard some of the things that are going on with our government, it was heartbreaking. You know, some of the things around women's issues, you know, even I hear that Nancy Pelosi herself had a little bit of a meltdown. And I want to do a shout out for her. I'm proud of her. I may not always agree with her, but she stood up and she did a darn good job. And as women, we need to support women who are doing this. Uh, we just heard a show with uh, Amy Goodman that had three women. The three women that are, you know, they're women of color. They're standing up for so many different things. We need to support those women. But, you know, because of the negativity, and, you know, I'm always trying to pick songs and trying to kind of relate songs with, the, uh, with what the program is. But I picked this song. It's called What a Wonderful World. And it's sung by Leanne Ram- Rimes, excuse me. I just love her. I mean, this woman has a voice. Whenever I get depressed, I go on my computer, put my headphones on, and listen to her song, I believe, and some of the other things. But this song, What a Wonderful World. I think it was made, um, I think Louis, Ar- Louis Armstrong was the first person that actually recorded the song. But I thought I would play it just to remind us, in spite of what's happening, the sun is still shining every day. The rain comes, you know, Look, we had all these winds, I'm sure everybody was shook up, oh my goodness, it's windy, but you know, just enjoy the wind, the breeze, it shows that we're alive. And we like we talked about last week, we had a crow come into our backyard. What a miracle that was. You know, just to enjoy. Today we picked oranges off our orange tree and lemons off our lemon trees. What a what a beautiful feeling when you when you hold on to nature. So this song is just to kind of remind you, you know, to sit back, listen to it and appreciate just for this moment in time. What a Beautiful World We Actually Live In. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Debbie McKay and Dee Dee Bridges, both women from the League of Women Voters, and I am so honored to have them on. So let's go ahead and listen to this song, What a Wonderful World.
1: What a wonderful
4: world
1: I see skies of blue Clouds of war Bright blessed day dark,
4: sacred
1: night And I think to myself What a wonderful world The colors of the rainbow
2: She says, you know, the idea of baby crying, it reminds me of when my great-granddaughter Satori Trinity was born, when I heard that cry at 303 on September 6th. (laughs) Boy, I'll tell you, it was nothing like I've ever heard before. For you just joining in, you are listening to KBBF 89.1 FM, Calistoga, Santa Rosa. And I want to remind my listeners that the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of KBBF, its board of directors, its members, or women's spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces. And without further ado, I want to introduce my guest. Joining me in the studio is Debbie McKay, President of the Sonoma County Chapter of the League of Women Voters and their Outreach Coordinator, Dee Dee Bridges. Welcome, ladies. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, let's hear let's hear your voice, Dee Dee. We want to identify <laughs> you so people know who it is. I'm Dee Dee Bridges. Go ahead, Debbie. Debbie McKay. Well, welcome, ladies. And before we begin, this is okay, I tell you. Our listeners, just a little bit about you. Sure. I mean, there's a lot to tell. You know, I tried to when I read your bios, I was just, I was very excited, but I cut them down a little bit. So let's let's talk just a little bit about this, okay? Let's talk about Debbie. Debbie McKay is a native of Sonoma, Sonoma County and is married and has two grown sons. She is currently the president of the League of Women Voters of Sonoma County, who are celebrating 100 years. <laughs> birthday 100 years of good service well, the League is a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization dedicated to voter registration and education. Before retiring, Debbie was the Human Resources Director at the Sonoma Office of Education for a total of 13 years. Prior to that, she was a labor rep rep with SEIU for about 16 years. During her college years, she helped start the Economic Opportunities Program at the Santa Rosa Junior College after the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. She has always been active in her community and is past president of the YWCA of Sonoma County.
3: Very impressive, Debbie. Anything else you'd like to add? Uh, No, I'm just uh, really excited to be a part of the league this year because it is the 100th anniversary of women getting the right to vote. And so that's two big milestones that we're celebrating this year. It's amazing, isn't it?
2: And Dee Dee Bridges, Dee Dee Bridges is just one of my favorite people. I've known her for the past (laughs) few years. She's a native of California. By the way, I'm also a native of California. I was born in East Los Angeles. (laughs) She's a native of California who deeply cares about the state and is a retired teacher teacher since 2006. She grew up in Concord and attended California State College in Chico and after experiencing many places in Northern California settled down with her husband Max in Santa Rosa. When she retired from teaching in 2006 she joined the League of Women Voters of Sonoma County. Dee Dee has served on the board in a number of capacities including voting service chair, editor of the voter, the league newspaper, past president, and now she is currently the outreach chair anything you'd like to add
5: just that it's a pleasure to be here today well, I'm and t- I thank you very much for the invitation to share some information about
2: the League. Well, let's let's start. First of all, here we are, 100 years of good service. Give us a bit of history. Let's start with you, Debbie. Give us a little bit of history about
3: the League. What was its mission, and how is it the same today, or has it changed? Well, we still have the same mission, and that is to make sure that people do informed decisions. So step number one is to get registered to vote, but step number two is to make an informed decision. And one of the first things that the league did when it was established was do citizenship classes. That's for two reasons. Women had not had the right to vote, and they really needed to be educated on the voting process. But also in the 1920s, we had a huge number of immigrants in this country, and immigrants needed to become citizens before they could vote. So we started with citizenship classes and we continue to do voter education. We hold a number of forums, both for the primary and the general election, where we go over the ballot propositions and we do impartial candidate nights where people get to hear firsthand from the candidates.
2: Well, you know, that's a lot of work. You know, it's really interesting when you talk about these citizen class citizenship classes. I think that's very interesting. I know... Uh, you know like where I have my nails done or where I go have my hair done there's a lot of immigrant women and I ask them if they vote then they're not they don't vote. They don't know they don't know about the principles. I, I would really encourage you to let's start that out in our county <laughs> as far as helping people understand how important it is to vote and that they are part of a country. So I think that's very, very important and that's good that's good news to hear. Well how about you Didi? Well how long have you been with the with the league and what was your motivation, both of you, let's start with you, Dee. what was your motivation for starting, and what what did you gain out of being a participant? I really
5: felt like I wanted to understand the political process better. Early on, when I was uh, a newly married woman, and we lived in Oakland, and I tried to join the league then, but when you're a teacher and starting out in life, it the, it was too much for me. And so I decided when I retired that I would devote my time to the League of Women Voters. And I like their premise that they do not, that they are nonpartisan, that they want to educate people so that however you vote, you're voting based on knowledge rather than... Propaganda. Propaganda. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, Elaine. Um, So... um, I guess that was my thing, that I really wanted myself to be an educated voter, and because I tend to have a soapbox that I get on a lot, so <laughs> I thought that that would be a good thing to do, and I've learned a lot through the league that when they talk about propositions, because I think people get overwhelmed by the legalese that you see in your pamphlet for a lot of
2: the propositions and I think the league tries to help simplify that process you know you said something interesting you get on a soapbox soapbox. well I want to congratulate you we all need to be on a soapbox women have got to get loud loud they have to say look we are the people we are the human beings on this planet that bring forward the children we want a better life for them so please don't ever you know soapbox you know these are the oh you're on a soapbox or, or this or or you know my they told me in kindergarten elaine you know children should be seen and not heard and i say you know we all have to be seen and we all have to be heard so thank you um when did the chapter start in sonoma county do you have any history of that
3: Yes, this chapter started in the mid-50s, and it started out as just a chapter in Santa Rosa and then expanded to Sonoma County in general. And I do want to invite everyone to come to our 100th birthday party because you'll get to see some pictures of the founders of our local league. And that party is next Saturday at the Rohnert Park Library at 10.30 in the morning, and uh, that's February 15th. So I hope you'll come, and we're going to have a little display on the local history of the league. Uh, so the local league's been around for over 60 years. Wow,
2: I didn't realize that we're that old, and oh my God, how exciting that we can go to this birthday party. I love <laughs> birthday, but we got to bring our song and just <laughs> sing it, happy birthday, all over the place. Well, you know... We know we have 100 years of experience, but now here we are in 2020, and I know the big push is let's get those young voters registered. So what is your main priority for 2020, and what are you doing to help get young people to vote? Why don't we start with you, uh, Dee?
5: Sure. The League had been talking for several years about going into the schools and uh Educating students about the voting process and getting them to register to vote, and so finally last year we did our pilot project, and we have I, I need to name these two women because go right ahead. Monica. They were wonderful in terms of establishing. Elaine Covell was very very good at taking the leagues. Uh, voter education materials and turning it into a curriculum for a high school classroom and she is a retired teacher and Nancy Lewis is a retired librarian and they were the pioneers piloting the project and they did it at Piner High School
2: last year. That was Elaine Covell. Covell, and who was the other person? Nancy Lewis. Nancy Lewis. So let's give a shout-out for Elaine Covell. What a beautiful name, Elaine. <laughs> and, and Nancy Lewis. <laughs> Thank you so much. And so what they did is they
5: talked about the purpose of the league. Two what women, do, by the way. Two women. <laughs> and how, uh, how we like to get people registered to vote. And they did an exercise to show that although we have a lot of people that are registered to vote. They don't always vote. Right. And so they did a classroom exercise where half the class had to sit down because you you don't count because although you're registered, you didn't vote. And then another section of the class has to sit down because they never registered to vote. And so you have this very, very small minority left that is going to determine... Your light.
2: <laughs> That's right. So, I mean, that—that that is really, that really would hit. I mean, the idea is, you know, they say your vote doesn't count. We had an election in, uh, I believe it was when uh, when we were was running for, I believe it was uh, city council or board of supervisors for the 5th District, Deborah Fudge. I'll never forget yes. that. And she lost by 400 votes. And when you went on and you realized there was something like, 4,000 or 5,000 people in that district that didn't vote. You just said to yourself, my God. And I always say to people, if you don't vote, you cannot complain. Period. (laughs) If you don't vote, you can't complain because you're not participating. But
5: so far at the high school level, they have pre-registered or registered 123 students. And sometimes some of the students will say, well, I want to read a little more about this, so I'll take the ballot with me. And Elaine ran into this young woman at a grocery store, and she said... I got my boyfriend and we got ballots and we filled them out together and we just mailed them in yesterday.
2: And so that's a real success story. So well, You know, you brought up something very important. They mailed it in. You know, one of the things people who mail by, who send their ballots in, have got to send them in early. Don't wait till the last minute. Don't go to the polls and drop it down. Because what ends up happening is sometimes those, those votes do not get counted until later on. That's why you... you Opted for the convenience of mailing it in, go out and get yourself a stamp and please do it. It's very important.
3: You Actually, say there's some really good news. You don't need a stamp anymore.
2: They're
3: they're prepaid.
2: Oh, my God. When did they? I didn't even notice.
3: That's new this year, so they are making it easier and easier every year. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. And one other thing that's important for people to know, if you miss the deadline to uh, send in your voter registration card, which is February 17th, you can still go to your polling place the day of the election and ask to uh, register and cast a provisional ballot. So if people miss the deadline, don't give up. Don't say, I can't vote. Go to your polling place. If you don't know where your polling place is, go to www.votersedge.org California. Put in your address, and you can find out where your polling place is amazing. They, they.
2: I mean there's no excuse folks. You know we live in a democracy. Do we want to give it up? Do we really want to give it up? You know I think of my grandmother when she tells me that her and her sister traveled to the United States from Russia with three loaves of bread, and they came here and they kissed the ground that they were here because they were free. Not that they could get a home, or not that they could make more money, but the fact that there were not police that were going to break down their door, they were in a free country. And we are a free country, and there's no excuse that people don't vote. Like you say, get yourself educated. Well, we're come- that's another rant. We're coming to the end of our sequence here. So let's talk about February 15th. I guess that's your birthday party.
3: <laughs> yes, it is. And we have a, a very renowned author, Robert Cooney Jr., who has written a book about the suffragette movement. So he's going to be speaking. We're also going to have an opportunity for people to sign postcards to get the um, deadline on the Equal Rights Amendment overturned so that we can pass the Equal Rights Amendment. And we're, as I mentioned, we're going to have our history display. We're also going to have information about the census. So it's a chance to have a party, but it's also a chance to get active. So that's going to be February 15th. What time? 10.30 a.m. at the Rohnert Park Library. Okay. And that
2: sounds like a lot of fun. Well, folks, we have come to the... Yes, go ahead.
5: I just want to say that we also reached out to the county jail. And we have... We did our first presentation there on February 8th. And the women said that the inmates were so genuinely moved that they had gone there to give a presentation on voter education, and they registered 40 inmates. So some of them will be out, some of them will are still in jail, some, when they leave, will be homeless, and they don't know where they'll be. But they said that they couldn't believe how genuinely moved these people were, and they, they did three presentations for about 90 people, so... Well, anyway. that's
2: really thank you. You. Know, you know, as I listen to you telling the story, I can feel your sense of satisfaction. You know, there's a satisfaction when you know that you've done something to help someone. That's what activism is all about. You know, we have these these things, oh, you know, they're, they're rioters or they're terror, or whatever that label they want to put on it. But activism gives you a certain level of satisfaction. And for me, sitting at this end of the table, listening to what the League is doing, another coin of hope we that want good citizens that's in our right. community that's right and we need all need to be good citizens because that's what gives us a democracy
3: and being a good citizen means you're informed and you vote in every election that's what our democracy is based on is the people deciding the people making decisions about who's going to represent them so it is essential to vote and i would encourage you to go to our facebook page we have examples every monday of where one vote made a difference So what is you're on you're on Facebook? We're on Facebook, yes. So please go to our Facebook page and Go on on, and look up our Mondays, and you'll have several examples of where one vote made a difference in an election. So don't ever think your vote doesn't matter. It does. Well, and also a reminder to all my listeners
2: that all the websites, all the information we've given will be on Women's Spaces on www.womenspaces.com, in case you didn't have a pencil or something. Well, Debbie McKay, president of the League of... Vote, uh, women voters here in sonoma county and Dee, Dee bridges her outreach coordinator i want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on women's spaces and let you know how proud i am not only to know you but of the work that you're doing in this county so thank you so much thank, thank you. you elaine and we happy valentine's that. day you too <laughs> to you too <laughs> well thank you so much for a wonderful Interview that was Dee, Dee Bridges, who is the outreach coordinator for the League of Women Voters, and their president, Debbie McKay. Wonderful, wonderful women. Well, we are going to take another musical break. And you know, I have to sum this up with what Debbie said. And I'm really glad that I picked this song. I picked this song, it's called Vote, and <laughs> it's done by the Citizens Band. And it really says it like it is We have to vote. We are citizens of a country, the United States of America, a free country. You know, there are people still across the globe that are being killed for their for trying to set up ways that they can vote. So please remember that. So now let's listen to the uh, vote sung by the Citizens Band. And again, happy 100th anniversary to the League of Women Voters. I want to... De- devote this song to them, kind of a way of honoring them. And when we come back, we will be talking with uh, Oh, I lost my notes. You know, I'll tell you something. This is really interesting. We will be talking with uh, Anna Jacopote and Myra, how would you pronounce it? Cosa. Cosa. And we will be co- talking about an event that's going to be happening, which I'm very excited about it. It's called Up To us, Sonoma County Climate Activist Community Summit. So let's go ahead, Ken, and listen to vote, and then we'll come back and we'll continue with the show. My goodness, you got to vote, vote, vote. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And with me in the studio from 350 Sonoma County is Anna Giacopetti and uh, also our Sonoma County poet laureate, Myra Cosa. Welcome, ladies. Welcome to Women's Spaces. And I have a correction to make. We're going to be talking about an, an an event, a summit that's coming up. It's called It's Up to Us, the Sonoma County Climate Activist Community Summit. And I made a little mistake. I thought it was the North Bay Organizing Project that is uh, organizing this, although they do some great jobs. They just organized a wonderful, wonderful uh, art show over at the co Ridge, which is absolutely wonderful. In fact, my son law I think I've talked about one of his entrances, but who is sponsoring this? Is Sonoma County 350? Am I correct? You know, That's so. Right. Mm-hmm. So if it's okay, why don't we identify your, each other? Why don't you uh, identify yourself, Anna? Good morning. I'm Anna Jacopetti. And uh, in, in, introduce yourself, Myra.
6: Hi, I'm Maya Kosla. Well,
2: Myra and. And and a welcome welcome. And you know, I'll tell you something. I I'm just I'm just so excited to have you both here and to talk about this summit. It's just it's just amazing what's going on. So before we begin, I'd like to say a few words about both of you. Is that okay? Anna Giacopotti is a member of 350 Sonoma and active in the environmental and social justice movement. She is a retired teacher and, to her credit, pioneered the Summerfield Waldorf High School in Santa Rosa. By the way, my niece, Yulan Holtz, went to that high school. Before retiring, she was an education director at the Woodland Star Charter School in Sonoma. She is passionate about preserving and restoring our environment. She loves working with children and sees them as the best teachers as they let her know what they need in order to grow, to learn, and live productive lives and believes the time is now to ensure that they will have an equitable and sustainable future. Absolutely. Like we say in women's spaces all the time... The children are our future and we must never lose sight of that and let me tell you a little bit about myra kotla she's a wildlife biologist and writer she is serving as the poet laureate of sonoma county 2018 to 2020 bringing sonoma's communities together for a film leading series the legacy project what is the legacy project myra
6: um, uh, it's a film reading series, bringing the communities together, and it started right after the wildfires, because that's when I my term started, it was right after the wildfires of 2017, to bring the communities together, and the primary focus initially was to heal after the wildfires. And it's just grown from there.
2: Wow. She was born in the united kingdom trained in the biological sciences and wild grounds as and the wild grounds her writing most recently thousands of field hours spent in untouched post-fire force that grow full of life what did, in other words would you went out after the fire and you start looking at all this what 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 was your motivation there
6: I was following a bunch of scientists and to be honest, I was a little reluctant because I thought this is a wasteland, why even go out there? And I was shocked to find the most beautiful spaces that grew back very quickly and also grew full of wildlife, which is my expertise and passion. But. In fact, the conifer regeneration, the oak regeneration and bay laurels, you name it, the plants and the rare plants, especially pepperwood has something like eight rare plants that were not there before have shown up. And uh, so there's research scientists all over the place fascinated with this beautiful comeback that life makes after wildfire.
2: Well, it's interesting. It's two bad houses don't grow back like that.
6: It takes a little bit of time. And you wrote
2: the books, All the Fires of Wind and Light, and then also another book called Keelbone. What is that? Who You wrote that with a co-author.
6: Uh, Keelbone was my first collection, and it was published by Best Star Press. Beth Spencer is a publisher, um, it was primarily a little more personal, and it had uh, summaries of my recent personal journeys into the natural world. It was very new for me at that time. And uh, All the Fires of Wind and Light, is, I've sort of gotten a little more used to being out there in the, in the wild. And so I think maybe that shows.
2: Well, also, it sounds like, you know, and we're talking about the environment, we're talking about the summit, it sounds like here you go in and you see this destruction, but yet nature keeps going on, and we have to recognize that, that we can go, you know, like the dinosaurs left, but the planet's still here, <laughs> the plants are still here, and we have to recognize how important that is. Well, it looks like you were nominated for a push card prize and featured in River Teeth, Poem, and other journals. Her short film projects uh, how... Have been supported by organizations including uh, Leonardo DiCaprio Foundation, Environment Now, and California Humanities and Creative Sonoma. Well, welcome. You know, I—I'll tell you, I'm very excited about having you. I mean, it's such an honor, and—and and what a title to have, poet laureate of a of a county like Sonoma. So, congratulations. Thank you. Well, let's start with the interview. You know, you're both involved in an organization called Sonoma County Activist Network. Now, I remember I went to the first three meetings all of everybody trying to get together. Can you talk about what the motivation was about this group, what made them come together, and what it is they are trying to accomplish? Why don't we start with you, Anne?
0: Sure. Uh, I think we understand very deeply that we need to come together in coalition. That if we're each working off in our corner with the thing that concerns us in our siloed organization – we're not going to have the impact or the effect, you know, when we go out and try to change policy or direction. So coming together with all the other environmental organizations was a real um, attempt to say, how can we support each other? How can we share and decide what issues we're going to take on together? and really put our combined energy behind
2: a lot of power in coming together i mean alone is very difficult but when you come together with more people i noticed that when we were working with the andy lopez situation the more people that were involved the more work we could get done what about you mara what what motivated you to become part of this group and what is your thought about it
6: Well, as a wildlife biologist and as a poet laureate, I was both jobs involved bringing people together and bringing communities together. And so I I attended a couple of the meetings, was very inspired by Anna and many others who are participating And most inspired by the fact that they were really wanting to build on common ground. The fact that, yes, some of us may have minor disagreements, but in the grand scheme of things, building on common ground is so important. We have so much collaborative potential. Just the preparations themselves, we have been making ourselves stronger just in the journey to prepare for the March 15th Climate Activist Summit. So it's it's been an incredible journey already. Well, it's also, it sounds like,
2: and one of the things that I find, you know, I mean, I've been president now now for about two or two and a half years, almost three years, I can't believe it. I'm about ready to step down. But one of the things that I noticed about organizations, one thing happens, you begin to see the importance of collaboration and you begin to understand what happens when we're not collaborating? When we're not coming together? When you have everybody, all these different, all these different people trying to accomplish something, and they say nothing's getting done. But yet, when you come together, you can start something like this. Well, I know one of the groups is 350. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, which one of you would like to do that. Uh, go ahead, Anna. Uh, talk right. about 350. What is it? What is it? What is happening in Sonoma County? I know that you've been going to a lot of the city council. There's there's these emergency climate. Uh, Uh, Explain that a
0: little bit. Well, we've been working with a variety of other groups to support both our own uh, initiatives that we have been driving, like the All Electric Reach Code, which we passed in Santa Rosa unanimously. I was so pleased to see that. At the city council level, see again, and
2: again, again, it comes up when you do something, the feeling, the joy, the, the it's that to me is the biggest reward.
0: And in coalition, the people who uh, had other issues came and supported that with us, so we were able to really turn out a large group of people, lots of letters coming in from citizens and, and people who were concerned, and you know. On the other side, we have been supporting the initiative for, uh, let's see, the the climate emergency declarations.
2: I think, every hasn't every city now passed it?
0: Just about.
2: My goodness. Just
0: about. And we've even got one from the county, you know, finally. Although we're trying to get them now, the move is to get the county to be very clear about what that means and how they're going to act. And not just speak.
2: So it sounds like you know. So three hundred and fifty is kind of an organization that's making people accountable. That's what it sounds like to me. Like let's, you know, you're not going to just talk your talk. You got to make action. You got to show me. You got to do something.
0: And I think our our most current uh, initiative is to really support the young people who are organizing in this county through the Sunrise Movement which are young adults, and through uh, Schools for Climate Action, we came in and did an interview with you, Elaine, uh, with the young people who just had gone to Washington, D.C.
2: I remember saying to them, when I was their age, all I worried about was my hair and a boyfriend. And here they're they're talking about all these. It was so I mean, young people today, you know, we need them, and we need to support them.
0: Right, and... Even the name of the group always makes uh, me have a catch in my throat, which is Youth Against the Apocalypse. Oh, God. That our youth should have to be organizing to bring this to our attention is incredible to me. And, of course, we have all just had the grace and, oh, I don't know quite what to call it. Uh, It's almost supernatural Greta Thunberg, who appeared in our midst with this voice of clarity and reason and has been speaking directly to power all year.
2: Isn't it sad when you Uh, hear some of the put-downs? I mean, when you hear these adult men, these adult men... Say these horrific things about these young people who are standing up for the future and for their own lives.
0: Oh, This child is incredible.
2: I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't understand it one bit. Mara, right. how about you? What is, what is your take on three hundred and fifty, and what is your involvement?
6: I think 350 is one of the many organizations. I think there are about over 25 for sure. And you mentioned North Bay Organizing Project earlier, Elaine. Uh, North Bay Organizing Project, two folks, one volunteer who's also a Sonoma State University graduate right now. Um, Corey O'Gorman, he's going to be presenting. And uh, another new North Bay Organizing Project member, Tacey Crocker, is also going to be presenting based on...
2: Tracy you know, Tacey Cocker, I must tell you, I knew her when she was in from the womb on. I mean she's one <laughs> of my favorite people and I was so proud of her when I went to that art exhibit at the Cooperage that she helped pull that together. And she's young and I mean just it's just it's just such a I, I, how can you explain it when you see the young people coming together and you it all and you know that you have to be there for them and you know that it, it gives you some hope, especially like myself. I became a great grandmother, so you're looking at what kind of future is that child going to have? Well, let's let's talk a little bit about you, Myra, because. One of the things when I first got when I first got the bio and I realized you were the the poet laureate here in Sonoma County, I thought to myself, now how is, what does that have to do with environment? I mean, how how do the two mix up? So talk a little bit. How does this affect your writing and your activism? You know, here you are the poet, rec- you know, representing one level of the community, and here you are an activist, another level. So how does that impact you, and how do you integrate that?
6: Oh, thank you for that question. I found that after the fires, when I take school children out from, for example, James Monroe Elementary School or anyone else who wants to explore the wild together, they are the ones that are noticing and changing from their experiences of post-fire landscapes in recovery, in in natural restoration. So... It's incredibly inspiring, and then they've also been writing about it. I think such writing and their voices are so important on the page because science goes that far, and then art just takes it further. And that's what I find the two together to be such a powerful combination. And because I've been out in the field for thousands of hours, literally, discovering these places that I was almost unwilling to look at in the beginning, thinking they were destroyed, so far from destroyed. And that has been such a source of inspiration to so many young people that it's a great place to begin when we're talking about the potential for natural regrowth in the face of climate change.
2: Boy, that's uh, that's a pretty powerful reason, you know, young mm-hmm. people spurring and, and, and looking at the environment, looking how it recovers and how we can recover you know that i mean when you think about it at one time we were in caves i mean we've we've recovered from a lot of things we all we're at the last moment of our segment here and so let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, it's up to us sonoma county climate activist community summit that's happening on march 15th any special speakers let us know and where is it going to be any addresses and just let's just do a little wrap-up and then any last words that you might have
0: but there are two uh, streams that we're going to be focusing on. Uh, love it, uh, landscapes, forestscapes, and uh, natural environment and cityscapes, looking at resilience of our cities, transportation, uh, energy, uh, transformation. So we're looking at these two uh, primary areas. Do you want to talk about yours? Sure. Maya is going to be speaking.
6: Thanks, Anne. I'll be uh, speaking a little bit, joining uh, Tacy and Corey in speaking about beautiful landscapes that regenerate naturally after wildfire, especially the undisturbed ones, and what we can do to protect ourselves, you know, while we protect them two things at the same time, two very different rules, because they thrive after wildfire, and we don't want wildfire close to us. So those two things and how they relate to each other.
0: Right, and we've got uh, Elizabeth Kaiser from Singing Frogs Farm, our wonderful local Sebastopol farm, coming to speak about how regenerative agriculture uh, weaves into that. Uh, We've got young people from the Sunrise Movement, and from Schools for Climate Change, Uh, talking about how we can support them and what their plans are for this year. And then we have also transferring to the cityscapes realm. We've got some well-known Environmental Activist of the Year, Woody Hastings, and others who will be coming to speak about how to transform our energy uh, infrastructure.
2: All right. Let me just let my listeners know it's up to us. The Sonoma County Climate Activist Community Summit is happening on March 15th from 1 to 6 at the Odd Fellows Hall at 545 Pacific Avenue in Santa Rosa. And I think it's very important that as many people show up as possible. Right.
0: We're going to be closing. We have Traven Heckman from Daily Acts and Linda Hopkins, our county supervisor. We're We're awed and delighted at our bunch of speakers for this project. Please come out and enjoy it with us, even though it's a Sunday afternoon.
6: Building on common
2: ground. Building on common ground. I love it. It's up to us, and it is up to us. Anyway, this is Elaine B. Holt, and you've been listening to Women's Spaces. A special thank you to Debbie McKay and Dee Dee Bridges from the League of Women Voters to Anna Jacopetti and Myra Kosla from the uh, uh, Sonoma County 350. And remember... To go on Women's Spaces, www.womenspaces for all the information, all the websites, etc. Thank you so much for listening.
1: Because a woman in your life, and a woman in your life, and a woman in your life is you.
0: The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, February tenth, 2020.